you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Bidiki ako se napravi greška, tak je bide kobna. Nema vrakinja nazad. So, Europe need to, to remain more sexypil lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! Gospode, čuva Macedonija in izinite gregi. The Macedonian football team takes its bow at Euro 2020 as they play their third and final game in the month-long contest against the Netherlands on Monday, June 21. But in three games against Austria, Ukraine, and the Netherlands, the boys made, boys made Macedonia and Macedonians around the world very proud, putting their hearts and soul into playing. And judging by the scenes flashed across screens from the stadiums, from the cities across Macedonia, and from cities around the world, it was Macedonia and the Macedonian football team that was projected into homes, restaurants and cafes, giant TV screens and city squares, phones, tablets, and computers. Some fans, too, got their share of fame and showed the world who Macedonia is. And team captain Goran Pandev finished his international football career with his head held high and with grace and was honored by his team, by the Dutch team, and by millions around the world. But... Don't get too comfortable and happy with this news. We're the Macedonian content farmers, and we also report the facts, like the fact that there is now a very public and very deliberate push by Macedonian government officials and many in the international community, but especially in NATO, the EU and its governments, and the State Department, to never use the adjective Macedonian or the three-letter abbreviation MKD. We'll discuss all of this and much more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Tvetin Shlemanov calling in from a very, very hot Skopje, Macedonia. Well, yeah, we can we can talk we can talk about heat. We just <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. just got through our, our big heat wave here, and for the first time in 91 days, that's three months. That's a quarter of a year. It rained here yesterday. Three oh. months without rain. Let that sink in. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and I, look at me complaining <laughs> yeah exactly so uh, yeah. anyway um yeah you'll you know it's summer you'll get used to it it's literally summer it's been summer here for about a month and a half already but uh you'll get we had you... a very cool summer so far it just hit us in the past few days okay well yeah it, it comes i mean that's why there's seasons and we have we have uh uh Know, the fall to look forward to even though the summer just started so. we have seasons you not so much <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah well yeah. fortunate for, yeah so it did rain yesterday it's the first rain of the monsoon season we get half our rain during the monsoon so uh that's all good news so yeah. anyway uh so let's let's start with the uh news about the macedonian football team so they made it to euro 2020 uh played three games austria ukraine the netherlands uh, they lost all three, but they put their heart and soul into it. They played mm -hmm. well, um, and they made Macedonia proud. I mean, I didn't get to watch any of it actually, for various reasons, doing mm -hmm. having to do with time difference. I have, a, you know, well, while they were playing, I was I actually having to work, and I couldn't find it anywhere. But you watched it, and uh, you <laughs> saw uh, the screens uh, on TV screens. Uh, you know, the, the fans, uh, the the football players. I mean, it was just everywhere. It was Macedonia, Macedonia, Macedonia. What, yeah. what was the atmosphere like uh, there in Macedonia as people watched the games? Oh, it was great. We were losing, but nobody was complaining. Everybody was uh, 
happy that we're there and also that we actually did play well. I mean, we were pushing at the, the opponents real hard. We had like, I don't know, maybe like two or three goals disallowed, even right. one against the Netherlands, which is a big deal. We we scored like first against the Netherlands, but it was like a minuscule offside or something. And then we hit the post before they scored against us, which is a really big deal. I mean, yeah. uh, we didn't just roll over and die and just say we're happy <laughs> to be here. We actually gave them a good, very good run for their, for their money to all of the teams. And uh, even the Dutch, you know, we had them really in, in their corner, backed in mm-hmm. their corner for good portions of, of the of the game against Ukraine, we had a much better second half, so we were like uh, completely dominating them for half of the game. Uh, so pretty, pretty good. And the fans were excellent. They were singing, dancing. Uh, you know, some got memed immediately, and, you know, <laughs> <Yes>. deservedly. <laughs> well, there, there was, there was, there was almost... one guy I, I kept seeing on the Twitters. Uh, he had a, a drum. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and he kept hitting, even though the, the, the drum actually broke, the, the skin broke, and so he was yeah. just pounding away. And, and then I saw somewhere a day or two later, somebody got him a new drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was great. And uh, <laughs> he, he became inst- an instant meme. And then also people were saying, okay, this is a metaphor for something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hmm. Wait, wait uh, is the EU accession or yes. uh, whatever. <laughs> I hadn't thought, okay, there's, yeah, there's something there. I got to think about yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, the only bad thing was that we didn't uh, get to score against the Netherlands. We had one disallowed, one... Uh, super strong strike in early in the game it hit the post so it was supposed to be like it was the last game for uh Pandev and also for the for the coach uh Merma, oh, right. for yeah. uh, Igor Angelovsky and you know everybody wanted like to have okay we said you're gonna beat us okay fine but you know let's have Pandev score and it's not like a charity score we were actually you know uh uh in there and we were very you know scored once and had it disallowed so, uh, yeah, that's the only uh, small issue that he didn't, or anybody, we didn't yeah. score in the last game. Uh, we are 23rd of the 24 teams, so Turkey also lost all three, and, uh, but uh, only scored once. We scored uh, twice. So you're saying so we're, we're not uh, last. <laughs> we're, we're first, we're second from behind. <laughs> but for Turkey, it's a, it's a disappointing result. For sure. us, it's great. I mean, for us, yeah. it's really... Really a good game, and then our our uh, spare homeland Hungary was also excellent. Uh, so they uh, uh, they held France to a draw, and then they dominated yesterday Germany in a game which the Germans themselves declared the clash of uh, a gay republic. We call it now the Gaymar Republic or <laughs> Bundesrepublik of Vogtland. <laughs> <laughs> because they started like uh, they're you know blaming Hungary now for a law which would allow parents to stop their children from being exposed to gay propaganda at schools under the guise of uh, um, sex education or something. So they were going to paint the stadium in the rainbow color and they had some guy run on the pitch with a gay flag against the Hungarians while they were singing their national anthem. So in response, Hungary actually dominated Germany, had the 1-0 and 2-1 results and then eventually it was a bloody draw in the end, 2-2. So... We were, we were having like both a very good Macedonian uh, showing and also a very good political showing for our spare homeland. <laughs> so it was good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, good again, yeah, I was, I was, um, I was I, again, I couldn't watch the game yesterday, Hungary and Germany, but I was following, mm-hmm. uh, you know, updates uh, by the moment. And yeah. I thought for sure that 
a lot of people thought for sure that, that uh, Hungary was going to win. Um, and yeah, that's that very funny about the whole LBGT rainbow stuff. Uh, von der Leyen, Ursula von der Leyen, who's the president of the European Union or Commission or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's so many presidents in the EU. No wonder it's dysfunctional. Yeah. Uh, and she's a mother of seven. She has seven children. Yeah. And she's, I believe, a, is she CDU? Is she Christian Democrat? Yeah, she was seen as very conservative. She actually, she actually had to flee uh, for her life in England when she was a young girl. Yeah. Because her father was a conservative politician and there was a, a hit on her. There was like a, a mark. She was uh, marked for death by the communist uh, guerrilla yeah. movements in Germany. So she was in hiding in the 70s. Yeah, and so I guess, and now she's no longer a Christian nor a small-D Democrat. So it's, I mean, this just goes to show we, when, when people reach those heights, uh, they they pretty much jettison all their their beliefs and yeah. their values and their virtues, and they just you know do whatever it takes to continue with their power, etc. So um, anyway, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, we're we're going become to... all yeah like positive and with high hopes. Okay, yes, and then very quickly they turn them. Yes, well, well, speaking of positive and high hopes, um, we started with you know congratulations here to the to Macedonia, the Macedonian football team, Goran Pandev, the coach, and others. Uh, so let's bring it back down. <laughs> let's, uh, yeah. as John P- Padorid says in the commentary podcast, let's add in some crushing morosity. Um, mm. So I referenced there in the monologue the, uh, the, uh, the issue of the uh, three-letter abbreviation MKD and the adjective Macedonian mm. and how I've, you know, we've said this throughout the time that we've been doing this podcast and we've written about it and we've talked about it. This is the goal not necessarily written, but it's becoming obvious to all, I think, all with eyes to see and ears to hear, that mm. the goal of the so-called PRESPA agreement, which was signed three years ago, uh, just last week, is to eliminate the Macedonian identity. I mean, I think that's just plain. Mm. And, the, of yes. course, the, 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 the thing I want to talk about here first is how the Macedonian football team, and I think we talked about this in the last podcast, the, the badge on the jerseys of the players was... FFM in the Cyrillic yeah. alphabet. So, you know, most people wouldn't even know what that means. It's Football Federation of Macedonia. The Greeks complained about that, saying that the it should be the North Macedonia Football Federation team or Football Federation team of North Macedonia, yeah. or as they and others would call it, the North Macedonian football team yeah. or something like that. Anyway, they complained about it, uh, became a minor issue, and then Zoran Zaev, the putative prime minister of the Republic of Macedonia, uh, put out what was a tweet saying that you know he was, he was proud of the Macedonian using that yeah. adjective, the Macedonian football team, and then the Greeks got their their panties and, and knickers in a knot, and uh, went ballistic and complained again and said that they that he can't refer to it as that, uh, and he certainly can even if you even. A normal reading of the so-called Prespa Agreement says that the adjective Macedonian and its various forms is allowable, and the MKD is uh, abbreviation of the three-letter code is supposed to be used per whatever, I can't remember what the international organization that, that sets up these standards is, is, is yeah. called. Um, anyway, and then of course Zoran Zayev does what Zoran Zayev does, and he apologizes, showing that the man <laughs> lacks any dignity or honor yeah. <laughs> or worth as a man yeah. zero zilch not a nothing zip 
Even even for him, this was bad. It was pretty low. I mean, you know, I almost expected him to, uh, to, 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 you know, like the scene from Deliverance, to get on his knees and squeal like a piggy. Yeah. Uh, it's, really bad. Really bad. Yeah. And uh, to those who uh, listeners who know what that reference is, I do apologize for putting that image in your mind. So. Oh, by the way, Ned Bailey, who uh, was the man who uh, got down on his knees and squealed like a piggy in the movie, just died uh, two weeks ago. So. Oh, oh God. Yeah. So anyway. Condolences. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> this this goes back again to you know so so the Greeks now the Greek government I should say is threatening to what put a a a hold on three memorandum three memoranda that was going to sign with the Macedonian government is that correct? Uh, that's nothing really. Uh, there there are memorandums which are mentioned in the Presbyter Treaty which we're supposed to work on like mundane stuff nothing interesting yeah uh, but uh, it hasn't been approved in the greek parliament for years because uh, you know the government of greece now they were opposed to the presbytery to the conservatives the new democracy uh, mitsotakis and especially his uh, sister dora bakoyani oh right uh, speaking of european <laughs> female politicians pers- pursued by the communists yeah and uh, then uh, now in, in power they are you know moving between like tolerating it and actually actively implementing parts of it but in this case uh, they never got around to voting on the these on ratifying these memorandums because uh, the left says okay but we get a roll call like they have the right to demand uh, an individual vote by every member of parliament so they, they're on the record by name and you know that they vote in favor of this mm-hmm. and then the left is going to harass them to no end saying okay you Christopoulos, you said you're against Prespa, but now you're voting for a portion of Prespa. You, Angelopoulos, you said you're against Prespa, but you now support Prespa. You voted in favor. So the new democracy has been delaying this for years. And uh, this is just the latest excuse for them to... Uh, so the memorandums are not important. What is important is, as you said on Twitter, I think we are now having... Uh, there was like a gentleman agreement that when France is blocking Macedonia, Greece and Bulgaria back off. So then when Bulgaria is blocking Macedonia, <laughs> Greece and France and the Netherlands back off. Now this is a new moment when they're joining forces and they're tag teaming on Zoki. And uh, that's the, the, the fun new moment. They're, they're losing patience with him over, I think he has done a number of times, Suzaev would say Makedonsky for a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. So under his explanation, we can say Macedonsky, Macedonian for Macedonian ballet, Macedonian sports, Macedonian, uh, I don't know, philosophy, Macedonian uh, art or Mm -hmm. something. But uh, so in a sense, but not for like the Macedonian Ministry of Interior. He's supposed to say the minister, he's not supposed to say North Macedonian. You're not supposed to say Macedonian. You're supposed to say the Interior Ministry of the Republic of North Macedonia. So for a full-on institution, you're supposed to use this. But Zayev kept insisting that he preserved the term Macedonian for a whole host of other things, mm-hmm. and he frequently uses it, um, and including for the football team, and uh, a bunch of other of his uh, minions would also use it. But now the Greeks, when they responded angrily to this tweet, you know, this humiliating apology, he said, well, listen, I'm... 46 years old, people make mistakes, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old, I'm 40, 46, <laughs> Jesus. 
and uh, it's very looked very bad especially as he was persuading everybody that we have the right to the adjective except that we need to be careful where we use it so he, he flies to the netherlands uh, his is the first face we see when uh, we score a goal and then it's disallowed he kept making this bizarre faces mm. with the dutch prime minister like hey well what can you do you know it's it's life you know we missed uh almost seemed like congratulating the the dutch uh, uh, guys they, when they scored a goal there was like a, a review of the of the whole thing mm-hmm. uh, on camera because uh, there was a i think there was a foul against panda for somebody and then they Off kept sides. playing so yeah. there was a chance they canceled their goal as well after they canceled ours and zaf is already congratulating him and everybody on twitter was screaming like take this remove this person from our tv screens we don't want to see him like <laughs> Stop this, his bad luck. Uh, and he's there to tell the team to change the name of the Football Federation, which he's trying to uh, remove the, the, the president of for financial reasons, not, right. not for the name. He uh, pre- prevented the, a proper welcoming ceremony, so the team just flew into Skopje and that was it. There were like few people at the uh, handpicked by Zaf, like his head of the, I don't know, the sports administration or something, and no welcoming ceremony in downtown Skopje, and maybe some cafe. Maybe it wasn't like worthy of uh, uh, driving through the Macedonia Gate in triumph, mm-hmm. but it was pretty close. And you know, you, they could have definitely had some kind of gathering in the evening when it's colder, when the guys flew into Skopje. Nothing like that. And then he says he apologizes for Macedonia and wants to rename the team. So it's. I mean, really, this, any instance of patriotic uh, uh, fervor, which you, you can't avoid at a, at a world championship, it, it doesn't go hand in hand with uh, this groveling uh, uh, posturing of Zaf and uh, implementation of the press. But it just, com- again, compared to the Hungarians, it was, uh, you know, black and white. It's right. Un- uncomparable. Yeah. Yeah, good. That's a good explanation there. Um, and I just put out a um, uh, a column, uh, 10 points on Prespa three years later, in which I argue mm-hmm. that uh, the whole bloody thing should be terminated. Uh, so the State Department can go ahead and blacklist me. Uh, so I guess I can't travel to the United States. Um, <laughs> which is going to be an interesting... You can leave, but maybe... <laughs> maybe I can't, can't come back. <laughs> <laughs> um Right. But uh, but in it, you know, I argue various points. And one of them, of course, is this that we're talking about. And that is that it is, it is I think, the goal of especially the international community, the, the European Union and their governments, NATO, the uh, State Department, mm-hmm. to uh, eliminate any talk of a Macedonians as a people, as an ethnicity, as an identity, uh, and, and everything else that goes with that. I mean, I defy you. I, I defy anybody listening to this podcast. Go to... N-A-T-O, NATO.INT, International, mm. the official NATO website. Try and find an example of Jens Stoltenberg or anybody, any NATO official, saying Macedonian, the adjective, talking about the Macedonians. The only time you will find Macedonian on the NATO website, as far as I can see, is when it is referring to the translation, which is provided by Macedonians, when it is perhaps a journalist question. Um, but you will not find 
Jens Stoltenberg or anybody else mm. talking about the Macedonians. Now, you will find an example, you will find examples, as I posted with my column, 10 points on press for three years later, uh, an official NATO Twitter handle. This is NATO in Bosnia and Herzegovina, of all places, uh, from mm. a couple, well, in a march. And it says, what benefits have North Macedonians experienced since joining NATO? <laughs> well, I suppose you could say the benefit of being called North Macedonians. Yeah. Uh, so y you find examples of that. And, I mean, my goodness, I, you know, just today, as, as, you, we, as you know, I keep a running list of, of examples in the media, mostly the media. You know, EU Observer today by uh, Andrew Rutman. I believe you know that name. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he closes out his uh, article in the last sentences. But speaking about the process as it looks today, it was, quote, hopelessly stuck, unquote, the North Macedonian diplomat said. I mean, this mm -hmm. is going on all the time. And then, of course, we've got – so yesterday, mm -hmm. Fatmir Basimi, who's the minister of finance or economy – uh, or can you remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he tweets out something. Uh, about... They're both Albanians and have the government of right. Albanians, so it takes me a while to yeah. <laughs> process. So he tweets out something yesterday about what was the uh, Scopia? There was something Scopia form of some sort yesterday. Yeah, there was some economic thing. Yeah, and 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 he and he tweets out using R N M, which I mm. of course is I guess Republic of North Macedonia, which. Is, is not correct in any way, shape, or form. Um, yep. So, again, this, this just goes, and you rarely, I mean, Kate Burns, the U.S. ambassador, uh, I'll give her a little bit of credit. I, I, I think I've seen twice in, in the many tweets that she's put out, and I'm just talking about her Twitter handle, uh, where mm -hmm. she's actually used Macedonian, the adjective, um, in a year yeah. and a half or two years, however long she's been there. You rarely see it, and it is a deliberate attempt by the internationals, but especially by NATO, the State Department, the European Union, and its various governments, to not just avoid using the adjective, but I think, and, and by avoiding it, they are essentially starving it of any oxygen or usage or giving it any credibility whatsoever by avoiding it and yeah. using going to these complicated linguistic gymnastics of of uh, another uh, tweet by uh, another I think it was a NATO uh, a NATO uh, handle a NATO um, organization mm -hmm. uh, that, that talked about US troops working at Krivlak uh, together yeah. with the North Macedonia engineers when they could have said yeah. Macedonian engineers so yeah, it, yeah it, it's precisely in these uh, institutions which you know are Definitely linked with national pride, the army, yep. the football team. It hurts especially badly. Like I, I've mentioned, I think the uh, monument to the Macedonian soldiers who died. Uh, there was like a dozen soldiers who who died in a helicopter crash mm. returning from Bosnia, and their monument in uh, uh, I think it's in uh, Sarajevo, mm -hmm. in the NATO base. It doesn't have the name of the country. So it's like wow. it says soldiers. It doesn't say. Whose soldiers were, were killed? It's, wow. Uh, yeah, it's I really... I didn't realize ugly. that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and then, you know, talking about pride and dignity and, you know, which identity is a huge part of that for a people. Now you got Ali Ahmeti, and we didn't discuss this prior to getting online mm. here, but Ali Ahmeti is running around telling people that he's 
talking to Zayev about changing the Ma- Macedonia's yeah. flag, anthem, national symbols, etc. Uh, of course, yeah. Zoran Zayev denies it. Everything Zoran Zayev says, you can count on the opposite yeah. being true, apparently. Uh, he but, didn't really deny it that strenuously. Okay. He said, not with me, maybe with somebody else in my party. Maybe oh. maybe Zahmet is talking to somebody else in my party. Yeah, sure. He seriously said that. Okay, so yeah. So I'm not kidding. Yeah, too clever by mm-hmm. halves, Oki. Uh yeah. But yeah, so so this this year, 2021, uh, is the 30th anniversary of Macedonia. It's an independent nation state, in the modern sense mm-hmm. of the word, but a very old country, very old people. And if the flag were to change again, if the flag were to change again, it'd be three flags in 30 years. So what's that, an average, average of 10 years? Yeah. Uh, the, 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 you change flags as often as some people change underwear. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it's just ridiculous. It's... it's um, and I don't know if it's going to happen or not. It shouldn't. Macedonians yeah. need to rise up and tell Ali Khmeti where he can stick it, where he can go. I've certainly done my share of telling him that. Uh, yeah. I do think it is ironic, and I tweeted this at Kate uh, Burns the other day. Macy Gray, I don't actually follow her music. I don't know if she's hip-hop or blues. or uh. I literally have no idea because uh, I'm an 80s guy. But... Yeah. She caused a big brouhaha here the other day with the our new federal holiday, Juneteenth, which I support. I think it's mm-hmm. fine. I mean, yeah, uh, absolutely, to recognize the emancipation of slaves. Slavery was an incredible evil, and uh, it, it took the lives of hundreds of thousands of people to get rid of it. Uh, mm. So, But she tweeted out that, not tweeted, she had a, an op-ed in a newspaper that she thinks that the American flag, the current Stars and Stripes, that we have uh, is divisive and hateful and it should be changed. And so I, I tweeted that out at Kate and said, uh, as an, you know, as an American, what do you think? Should we change our flag? <laughs> Cause Ali Ahmed, he's arguing yeah. again. And I got no, I didn't get any response. I don't expect, I don't expect our civil servants here in the United States yeah. to respond to questions from the people that pay their bloody salaries. Yeah. Uh, but and I have no idea what she thinks. I, I don't know if she thinks our flag is divisive or not. Maybe she does. And the song about the flag was written by a slave owner. So in in a in one strike, you you have to replace both the flag and the and, and the anthem. Ah yes, but the, the tune <laughs> the tune is to an old English drinking song, uh-huh. to Anacreon in Heaven. That's the uh, uh-huh. the actual tune to the Star Spangled Banner, which is a fascinating mm-hmm. fascinating bit of. Uh, uh, yeah. Of history and, and fun to go back and and there are groups that sing the original song with the original lyrics to Anacreon in heaven so yeah. it's kind of funny uh-huh. yeah that's nice. anyway um well i came i came out in favor of uh, you know i'm with Ahmeti. we need to replace these things because they're compromises already like the flag is compromised on the original flag and during the football games we people use both of them like uh, in equal measure yeah. or maybe like two to one ratio the current flag, which is sometimes derisively called the ventilator yes. flag and uh, the Kutlash flag. Its author is a lunatic, uh, Miroslav Gerchar, mm-hmm. who hates Macedonians, Macedonian national identity, and the expression of Macedonian patriotism with uh, tremendous... Uh, so if you're, if you're judging the symbol, like in the US, by the author, like in the case of the anthem, the flag is absolutely, absolutely should go. The coat of arms is a joke. Uh, we had a situation in um, 2016, 2015, 2016, with, uh, around the colored revolution when Gruevsky actually got Ahmeti to agree to constitutional amendments to have the lion 
the historic symbol, the medieval times symbol of Macedonia, which you can trace back to Alexander, who used the lion as his uh, symbol, tracing it back to Heracles, mm -hmm. Hercules. And Ahmeti agreed, so we had the majority, but then the colored revolution messed this up. And even the anthem, uh, it, uh, the original anthem of the Asnom uprising is a song um, written for Macedonia uh, by uh, order, ostensibly by Todor Alexandrov, but then uh, ad adopted, uh, adapted by Kocharatsin, so it unites both the left and the right of Macedonia, Izgrizurana Slobodata, mm -hmm. and that was uh, removed in favor of the current anthem. So I, I said, okay, let's let's have, like, there are three groups in Macedonia, let us on the Vimera side have the Kutlash star, Izgrizura as an anthem, or, you know, we can choose something else, uh, but, you know, a properly patriotic song, and uh, let's have the uh, coat of arms, the lion, Albanians can use their symbols, they use, they do it anyway. Uh, an issue was made by Ahmed of the fact that the Albanian players in the team did not, you know, it was visible, they didn't sing, they didn't mouth the anthem while it was playing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, the lefty, the communists, they can use whatever, you know, the Yugoslav flag, the Hey Slovenia Yugoslav anthem, the current symbols, whatever they like. I mean, the, the coat of arms, you know, definitely it's, is the communist coat of arms. So, yeah, I mean, it is an issue which we need to to discuss. And But, you know, you know that with Zayaf it's going to be <laughs> even more, uh, you know, uh, whitewashed and uh, uh, pointless uh, and inclusive and meaningless symbolism if, if Zayaf does it. Um, you said whitewashed. Is that a racial reference? <laughs> uh, no, uh, watered down. Uh, yeah, I think I was going for watered down. <laughs> uh, you're right. I mean, anything Zion, Zion. <laughs> That's a strange name. Anything Zion touches wilts and dies. Uh, yeah. And so the sooner Zoran Zion and Ali Ahmeti are gone, the better for Macedonia. Yeah. For all of Ma the better for all of Macedonia's citizens, the better for the region. Etc. Well, speaking of Zoran Zayev and Ali Ahmeti departing the scene, um, you know, and we've had two elections. They got in there by the skin of their teeth, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, new poll out by the International Republican Institute, which has been mm -hmm. polling in Macedonia for decades, I think. I remember Dave Williams. Uh, I think he's retired now, but he used to be the pollster that worked with a local polling firm. Uh, but the latest poll that comes out, I mean, if you look at these numbers, they do not bode well for Zoran Zayev and his mm. government. Uh, just to look at a couple of numbers here, 81% of the respondents say that the economy will either stay the same or get worse in the next two years. Now mm. that number, stay the same or get worse, just three years ago, in 2018, was 60%. Uh, then it, well, actually, in 2017, it was 71%. Then it went down to 60%. Now it's up to 81%. The same or get worse. The same is, I guess, okay, but you want to have growth in an economy. You want an economy where, where people are, are becoming wealthier and, 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 uh, you know, and, and able to save, and not one where it just stays the same. Uh, but 
stay the same or get worse in the next two years. Uh, is Macedonia more or less stable than it was one year ago today? 39%, 40%. So four out of 10 people say less stable than a year ago. Three years ago, that number was only 25%. Uh, in the next two years, the economy will get better, worse, or stay the same. 44%, that's approaching half, say it'll get worse. 92% uh, say their quality of life is the same as it was a year ago or getting worse. Well, that means only 8% say it's getting better. So that's not a very good number. And I guess those 8% all work for the government. Um, should your mayor be reelected? 53% say no. Yep. Now that, let me just go through some other numbers here, but then I want to come back to that because we have um, uh, local elections coming up in October. Uh, how strongly do you agree or disagree that the rule of law exists in Macedonia? 54% strongly or somewhat disagree that the rule of law actually exists. So more than half say it doesn't exist. 80% basically do not believe that young people in Macedonia have a good future. No surprise there. 63% um, strongly or somewhat disagree with the statement, quote, the current government is open and accountable to the citizens and the public. <laughs> they somewhat disagree, strongly or somewhat disagree, meaning that it isn't. Uh, and 66% say that, that government officials largely do not adhere to the rule of law or do not adhere to the rule of law at all. So, interesting. Um, no real surprise, I think, in this. You know, it's just the... Comparing the numbers with previous numbers, it's a very long yeah. poll. If anybody wants to look it up, uh, they can email us and we'll send them a copy. But 53% say their mayor should not be reelected. And I think, did, did you do, do a little bit of a deeper dive into some of the... the uh, it was a little weird. So these are very bad numbers for Zayef, especially in the economics, yeah. which matters. He's now hiking the price of uh, oil, of gas, uh, uh, for because the budget is empty, so he's taxing it more. So... Uh, it's getting worse, and uh, inflation, there are signs of inflation, and consider this was supposed to be the rebound year after the collapse of last year, so we do not, we're not having a rebound, there was a noticeable decline in the first quarter of the year, in a year when Zayev was hoping for a 40% growth, so it's wow. going badly for him. On the other hand, we are up for municipal elections, and when you look at the, at the end of the poll, there was like by, by municipality, so 53% say they want to remove the mayor, which is horrible for Zayev because the last elections were just after he grabbed power and he actually captured almost all mayoral positions in Macedonia. Mm -hmm. So if half of the people want their mayor out, this means he's, he's, he has everything to lose. He can lose by a lot. But then if you look in Kumanova, like do you, uh, this mayor in particular, well, it's a four to one that they want to keep him, which mm. makes no sense. So, so it happens in the U.S. sometimes, like when you ask the people what they think of Congress, it's like 10% rating. But then when, when they ask them about their incumbent, the incumbent always wins. So it is possible that we, we will have this. Uh, so if it's general elections, then Zayf would be in big trouble. Municipal elections, maybe not as much. But also the, the disparity in the numbers, like in Shtip 2 to 1, in Kumanova 4 to 1 in favor of SDSM, even after 
in Kumanova they've completely split the party in, uh, in SDSM are completely split. So the numbers also did not make much sense to me on top of, uh, you know, everything else. Mm -hmm. Then there is another poll uh, today. It wasn't a poll. It, it was not sure exactly where it came from. Um, it, it's a weird year the, with the corona. So we yeah. had a number that people were asked, uh, do you have a household member who has emigrated in the past year or something, moved to a foreign country? I, I suppose they meant extended household. Uh -huh. And it was like 17, 20% in the past, and now it's down to 7%. And Zaev's idiot deputy, even more idiot than himself, <laughs> uh, Deputy Prime Minister Lyubcho Nikolovsky comes out and says, ah, this is everything we've ever worked for. This is finally all our hard work has come to fruition. Look at these great numbers. <laughs> It's it, nobody could leave nobody the could country. Nobody exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is for 2020, you idiot. <laughs> the, everything was closed. The fact that seven percent of the people actually managed to leave the country—it's—it's it's huge. So he's not. So Nikolovsky is not that bright, is what you're saying. So Jesus. yeah. Oh, that's no. They—they they know what it says, yeah. but they're like uh, duplicitous and yes. manipulative idiots. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, uh, what polls matter? I mean, we, it's not like we have proper elections in a proper democracy <laughs> where polling means much the ambassador says okay this party goes on the blacklist and toto and uh you know don't vote for them you know by extension she says uh, or if you vote for them make sure you know they they are warned that they need to go back on everything they're saying now so you know half of the previous government is in prison so it's not like i mean it's a democratic country where polling matters. This is yeah. Uh, well, a well, completely different type of a country. Now. Yeah, well, and, and this is also from that poll, and this goes back to the article that I wrote. You know, we talk about on this podcast um, the the concept from John Locke, the consent of the governed, uh, mm. which is a basis for uh, you know modern day uh, democracies and uh, the idea of uh, self rule. Uh, and self-rule, though, implies that the, the government has the consent, is, uh, the, the, the people agree with it, to let them govern. And mm -hmm. in that poll, 17% of respondents said that there are better forms of government than democracy. Now, there's, what else is out there? I mean, you've got autocracy, you've got dictatorship, you've got communism, you've got, uh, as Jonah Goldberg calls uh, North Korea, the divine right of Kim's. Not kings, but kings, uh, etc. But all these other forms, you know, the famous Churchill quote, you know, democracy. Uh, what is it? Um, uh, democracy is the worst uh, form of government, worst. except for all the others. Yeah. Uh, so, but seventeen percent said, you know, better forms of government than democracy. And of course, my point is that by ignoring the Lockean consent of the governed with the referendum on changing the name, by ignoring it, the, the people said no. Mm. Government ignored it. The international fanboys and cheerleaders okay. cheered them on and said, yeah, go for it. Ram it down their damn throats. Uh, so that's what Zayev did. And that was an exercise not in democracy, but in authoritarianism. So it doesn't really yeah. surprise me then that 17% you know, of the people, almost a fifth, say there's better forms of democracy, better forms of government than democracy. So uh, you reap yeah. what you sow. Yeah, yeah, it's a police state here run by the embassy and uh, still not sure what to call it, but, you know, yeah. embassy, embassocracy or something. Yeah. 
Okay, it's the second. It's the second. I suppose we should, um, before we get to our farmer's pick, I suppose we should talk just a tad. We're contractually obligated to talk about <laughs> Bulgaria. Oh, yeah. I'm joking, listeners. If you think we're contractually obligated, we're not. We're not contractually. <laughs> it's a joke. We we don't have any contracts <laughs> with anybody. Uh, but uh, I think it's an article of the Zayev Borisov treaty. That but, was that? To, that I think it is in the Zayev Borisov <laughs> treaty that every media outlet needs to <laughs> discuss. But, but actually, this year, I mean, this 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 week, there is actually news on Bulgaria. They vetoed us again. Right. You may have heard. Yeah. yeah, that's and that's that's the thing. Yeah. So the, the General Affairs Council, I believe. I, again, going back to what I said earlier, I don't. No wonder the EU is dysfunctional. Yeah. You got so many bloody groups and meetings and talkathons, and all you do is talk, talk. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Bulgaria essentially vetoed the start of a session talks for the EU with North Macedonia. Mm. With Macedonia, bloody hell! I'm reading. I'm reading. What are, are you kidding? <laughs> no, I'm not okay. The, yeah. I'm reading but a headline here. The monsoon so. getting to you? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm reading a headline. I got to... <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, of course, Albania is tied to Macedonia. Uh, I see Eddie Rama, the prime minister was in of Albania, was in Macedonia the other day as well. Uh, and uh, I don't know what he said, but he said, you know... This is a fault of a fault uh, of Europe again. Se- sexual in- innuendo on uh, Rama's part again. Yes, yes. <laughs> With the U. Yeah, but again, so Bulgaria continues to veto Macedonia. The EU continues to spin itself into a tizzy, saying, "I think it was Michael Roth from Germany said, please." I mean, that's what he's. Yeah, he's, he was begging. Please, you know, it's yeah, uh, beautiful. Maybe you should get down on his knees and squeal like a piggy. Um, What do you expect? Greece got what it wanted. Uh, Yeah, of course. Bulgaria is doing the same bloody thing. Why wouldn't they? Exactly. Greece proved that it works. Bulgaria is merely following Greece's lead. So. Yeah. Uh, and Zayev actually made a few concessions. He was actually in Sofia before this council. Right. And uh, two thing, he, one thing he himself acknowledged, that's, uh, that we're going to amend the constitution. So we now have like the Albanians, the Turks, the Roma, Bushniaks, uh, and Vlachs and Serbs in the constitution. What about the Americans? So why not add... There's Americans there. Uh, we're getting okay, there. Okay, <laughs> okay. I mean, they, they, they run the country anyway. <laughs> So he now says, let's add the Bulgarians and probably, I guess, I don't know, the Montenegrins, the Croats. The Croats have us in their constitution, so because they want to water down their constitution with the Serbs. Right. So they added everybody else. So we are now probably going to add uh, the Egyptians, a bunch of other nations as well, and the Bulgarians. Uh, and then the, the Bulgarians came out and said, okay, yeah, he said this, but there was more. He said that the uh, language... So a formula that he might sign and he's proposing or would sign is that the Macedonian and the Bulgarian language are one and the same, except that they're internationally recognized as two separate languages. And then there is another one that's coming after during the this meeting in Luxembourg of the EU guys uh, that um, on the nation, uh, Zayev said, okay, actually Zayev said this after the after Luxembourg, I think. He said something like, uh, okay, we're going to, of course, we're different nations, but we acknowledge there are people 
who claim that we are the same nation. So this is the formula they're going to. Okay, these are two. This is the same thing, but it's internationally recognized as separate, or it's it's uh, separate things. But some people argue that it's the same. So there, his uh, this is what he wants to, and I'm sure that the Americans are advising him what to how to formulate this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a big mess, but he's actually op openly negotiating the language and the national identity under this formula, like, yeah, separate but equal. Wow. So that's what he's, he's up to. Yeah, well. On top of the flag and the anthem and, and the coat of arms and, <laughs> and the football federation. <laughs> Why doesn't he just propose that all the Macedonians leave and whoever's left can turn the lights off? Yeah. You know, what a bloody fool. We, we're working yeah. on it, yeah. All right. Getting there. Well, okay. <laughs> That's that. Uh, Bulgaria has their elections, second round of elections. The first uh, round in early April resulted in no government, no new government. They couldn't agree on it, so that's why they're having new elections on July 11th, I think, something like that. Mm. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll probably have another one or two uh, podcasts before then. But... We've got a farmer's pick. It is Rumble. Yes, actually, it is one of our platforms that we post this podcast to. And the, uh, the farmer's pick is actually from the Toronto Star because Rumble is a Toronto-based Canadian website, um, which is an alternative to YouTube uh, and other platforms that, if you say the wrong thing, will cancel you, uh, yeah. as we have seen. I saw our, I don't know if you've listened to Brett Weinstein's uh, podcast, Dark Horse. Um, no, I didn't, I, uh, but, but yeah, it, I saw Yeah, he's, he's a member of the Intellectual Dark Web, along with um, uh, Jordan B. Peterson and others. Uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, and he himself mm -hmm. and his wife were canceled from Evergreen State College in 2017 uh, for standing yeah. up for free speech. Um and so he's he's gone and, and started you know a lot of their income comes from uh, podcasts and mm -hmm. and video cat vlogs or whatever you call them that they post on YouTube etc. And of course YouTube now is threatening to cancel him because not because of you know controversial issues that we like to talk about and things like that free speech things like that. it's about a I, I believe it's a a potential drug that can fight COVID and YouTube mm -hmm. is going to cancel him but uh, he could certainly go to Rumble and of course Rumble. Not only uh, is it a, a platform that will post uh, a lot of videos and content that YouTube might cancel, but it is also created by Chris Pavlovsky, who is, of course, Macedonian. So technically still slightly inferior to YouTube, but politically and in the things that matter, actually letting you speak on the internet far, far superior now than, than YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. And and this article, uh, this is the Toronto Star, notes that um, it's it uh, Rumble, the, the user base has uh, surged over 50 million unique page visits per month. Uh, they've had a lot of um, mm -hmm. in, investor money come in from, um, from folks that are concerned about free speech and want to find an alternative mm -hmm. to YouTube. Uh, so that is our farmer's pick. It is the platform Rumble, proudly created and hosted by a Macedonian. Yeah, good to hear our boys helping out, helping fight the good fight. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that is a wrap for this week. Oh, I always forget. 
I, I mean, I, I, I did forget. I, I always say it at the beginning of the podcast. This is episode number 117 of the Macedonian Content mm-hmm. Farmers Podcast. We are recording this on Thursday, the 24th of June, so it'll drop tomorrow, the 25th. I do need to point out, last thing, that June 25 is the uh, birthday of the late President Boris Trykovsky. So mm-hmm. he would have been 65 had he lived. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Svetin, uh, he was a close friend of mine. But if he had lived and was turning 65, uh, I don't think he would be a, a, a pensioner, just contented to potter about the house in his garden. I think he would have uh, been very active, and I think he would have been a very strong defender of Macedonia's name and identity. Yeah, he should. Uh, we would have needed his help to try clean up some of the mess. Uh, his fellow Strumica neighbor, yes. <laughs> Zayev, is now doing. Yes, indeed. People said actually about uh, Zayev and Pandav, like, uh, how can we have such great people come from Strumica and then and then this thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a wrap.